welcome to Deeper, a podcast of the Wollongong Baptist Church. Our podcast follows the Sunday sermon and aims to help our congregations go deeper into God's Word. Welcome everyone to Deeper and our final episode for the year as we wrap up 2021. My name is Clayton Ryan and this week I'll be discussing the year that was with Rod Bailey, Mark Roberts and Ken Davies, our pastors at WBC. Welcome everyone, how are you all doing as we come to the end of another year? Not bad. Doing okay. I'm, I'm well. I've been on holidays. <laughs> That's true. Rod and I have got holidays coming up, so ask us in a couple of weeks. Okay, we'll do. We'll check back in then. <laughs> now, we have a lot to cover today, so we'll get right onto it. And we have a lot to cover because actually we've covered an awful lot uh, this <laughs> year. So this is where we'll be going in this podcast. So a wrap-up of each series. Uh, we'll think a little bit about the books of the term uh, that we looked at this year. How was a church we navigated 2021? And finally, we'll think about our hopes and our dreams, if we dare, for 2022. <laughs> now, our first series for the year that we looked at, if you remember, was Upside Down Kingdom, mm-hmm. looking at Luke chapters 17 to 19. Now, I'll throw over to Ken, because you're already preparing for the next series in Luke, so your head is probably yeah. more in Luke than anyone else. So what were the big lessons? Our, our final series in Luke. Um, well, mm. Yeah, we, we came to the end of the travel narrative. So Jesus is, is uh, specifically set out for Jerusalem, mm. and what's becoming clearer on the end of his journey is he's coming to Jerusalem as the king. Uh, mm. But as the title for the series suggested, Upside Down Kingdom, It's not the kingdom that people are expecting. Mm. And so Jesus has got a whole lot of things to say for people that assume that they are already in the kingdom Mm. to actually identify to them that they actually haven't made the the necessary adjustments to their life to submit to the king. Mm. Uh, And there's a whole lot of surprising people who are actually already in the kingdom who everybody assumed were not going to be a part of the kingdom ever. Mm. Um, And so Jesus... um, it, it seems almost unrelated. There's a whole lot of sections. There's a whole lot of parables. There's really strong teachings uh, about the future. Um, and through all of that, it was clarifying that uh, Jesus really is the king mm. and you really must submit to him and what it means to be then a part of the kingdom, a, a member of the kingdom, mm. uh, a citizen of the kingdom, a, a follower of King Jesus, um, you look very different to what everybody had assumed you would. Yeah. Uh, and so surprising people are in, uh, people we assumed were in are out. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty amazing <laughs> summary of a whole series yeah. when that's usually the length of a sermon. <laughs> well done. You guys have become true experts now. Uh, Rod and Mark, do you have any things you want added into that. I personally was really encouraged by that. There are a lot of things, having read through it a lot, having gone through Bible studies a lot, having mm. gone through uh, sermon series a lot, there was a lot in there that I got out of that series mm. and the way it was all sort of structured and put together, which I hadn't thought about before. Mm. So that was really, really, uh, for me, it was really, really helpful. I think it was our fourth uh, crack at Luke's Gospel, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So we do f- the fifth and final installment of it this coming uh, term one. Mm. And yeah, I've I've loved being in Luke's Gospel for those last three or four years that we've been doing it. Mm. Um, yeah, I think uh, Luke's Gospel for me was one that I had probably spent le- the least time in, mm-hmm. uh, studying and preaching and things. And there's just 
some of the way that Luke ties these big themes throughout his gospel from beginning to end, mm. I think I've appreciated that um, more going slowly through Luke these past few years than I ever have before. Mm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's such a challenging section because of the upside down nature of the kingdom um, mm. that Jesus just keeps surprising people. And so yeah. they're getting taken aback all the time. And I think we are too as readers as we think deeply about it. Yeah, and, yeah. and yet in the midst of all that where people are um, – struggling with who Jesus presents himself as as, um, as they're uh, worrying about what they had hoped that he might be, perhaps. Mm. Um, he's still seeking and saving the lost, as he you know announces in Luke 19, yeah. in amidst all of that. Um, so there's so much going on around him, and yet he's so singular in his purpose. Mm. Um, so I found that really um, interesting and um, thought-provoking to think about um, you know, he'd set his face to Jerusalem and mm. he was going there. Yeah. And then we did a bit of a gear shift. So that wonderful time looking at the gospel story, Jesus seeking and saving the lost, uh, those who you would not expect are in. And then all of a sudden we went back to Deuteronomy and we very ambitiously tackled the whole book of Deuteronomy in our Choose Life series. So naturally in just a few weeks we couldn't address the whole book of Deuteronomy. So we took chunks and then I think we did, if memory serves me correct, in the home groups we looked at some different passages sometimes. Uh, so Rod, I'll throw this one over to you. What are the big lessons uh, that we learned from Deuteronomy that we should hold on to? Well, like you said, a big book, uh, 34 chapters of rehashing the law, um, you know, and there's huge themes from God's sovereignty to idolatry to true worship to justice to covenant. Mm. Uh, there's a whole lot of stuff going, but we called the title of the series Choose Life because actually in the midst of all those themes, it's all about God's people responding to the salvation that he's already granted them from bringing them out of Egypt. Mm. And will they obey his word and live, you know, in as a covenant community under his rule? Um, and so there's this constant... You know, question for the people, are they going to do it, especially after their failures when they first came to the edge of the promised land? Here they are again, hmm. Moses' final sermons before he's going to leave them, Joshua's going to take over. And so I, I think as we then translate that to ourselves, it's it's hard. We have to then set it through the prism of the gospel and the new covenant. And I, I think we can so often read sections of the law, uh, especially the Ten Commandments, for example, and think that we're somehow going to obey this in our own strength or that, you know, we're just the same as the Israelites or whatever it might be. I think it's a confusing um, relationship that Christians often have with the mm. Old Testament generally, but especially yeah. with the law. And so I think, you know, we saw that God's law is written on our hearts, um, that under the new covenant, you know, we're to love God and love others, but we're enabled to do that because of the Holy Spirit, mm. um, that we're to grow under this uh, new covenant so that we're obedient to God's word, not in order to save ourselves because we can't, mm. but to respond to his grace to us and that this is a lifelong thing, but that we're going to fail like the Israelites do and, and failure is not final. And yeah. so, you know, we continue to grow and we really need the Spirit's help to do this, mm. but um, we applied a couple of times about needing to keep in step with the Spirit because, mm. you know, that's going to be a struggle for us. We're, we're flawed, sinful humans just as the Israelites were, um, and yet we've got some great advantages this side of the cross as we understand God's Word and uh, are enabled to live for Him today. Yeah. Maybe throwing it out if you guys wanted to comment. Mm. And I was thinking as well, like how doing this series now, um, has this kind of helped tie in things that may have come in the past that kind of may have brought ideas in? Mm. Just this going back to the law and choosing life. Yeah. 
Uh, I, one of the things that struck me when we were studying Deuteronomy is the, f- um, I think I knew this beforehand, that mm. Deuteronomy is the most quoted book in the New Testament. I believe that's true. Mm. Uh, but just the, the uh, how foundational it is to an, uh, an understanding of the Christian faith mm. um, and understanding the work of Jesus, if you've not understood uh, the covenant that's laid out in Deuteronomy, then the covenant of grace that Christ extends to us just mm. uh, there's there's so many aspects to uh, our salvation that are, that are enriched by knowing uh, the background of Deuteronomy. And I think that came yeah. out pretty clearly. So yeah. I was glad that we managed to flesh some of that stuff out. Mm. And I think in in general, a lot of people contrast law and grace. Mm. And the message that seemed to be coming back from people as they're listening and, and interacting with the material was actually the law is about grace. Mm. And so as I'm reading Deuteronomy, I'm not hearing second law. I'm actually hearing law as a demonstration of grace that this is given to us. Uh, we're given grace, and therefore the law is given to us. And so they're not—they're mm. not against each other. It's not that one's replaced the other, but actually grace is demonstrated through Deuteronomy over and mm. over and over again. So a book that seems to be all about law actually ends up being all about grace. Mm. Yeah, I think for me, I found it easier to spot the grace when I stopped thinking of Deuteronomy as a law textbook, mm. <laughs> and actually it's it's a sermon mm. or a series of sermons yep. um, to the people of God to choose life. Mm. Yeah. Now, going from upside-down kingdom, Jesus seeking and saving the lost, looking at the law and grace and choosing life, mm. we then had, if memory serves me correct, ambitions of a great evangelistic series. Oh, yeah. And then we went into lockdown. <laughs> yeah. God said, I laugh at your plans. <laughs> Let's go online. Yeah. So we went online for our evangelistic series titled Gripped, looking at different passages each week. Mm. Uh, so, Mark, why did we do this series and what did we learn from it? Yeah, well, um, some of our thinking as we head towards um, launching a church plant in the next you know, 12, 18 months, how long it's going to be, is that mm. there needs to be, in our culture as a church, um, a great desire to reach people with the gospel. Um, because as a church, when you plant, you replicate what you are. And so mm. a church plant must be evangelistic. And so we as the parent church must be evangelistic and mm. must have a zeal to reach people. And so this series was an attempt to try and sort of stoke the flames, if you like, of why we must be trying to reach people with the good news of Jesus. Mm. And uh, yeah, the as you said, the irony of it was <laughs> that um, this was going to be accompanied by all these mission efforts that we were going to make for door knocking and prayer walking and then we just had to stay home yeah. so um, unfortunately not a lot of our planned activities accompanied um, the series but we still did manage to uh, focus on what we wanted to draw attention to which are these five foundational biblical realities that when uh, we understand them and when we are gripped by them they should translate into a, a, an inescapability of uh, sharing Jesus with others. So we thought mm. about the reality of heaven and hell, mm. uh, the fact and the cost of the cross, the, the Bible's vision for all things being drawn together under Jesus in eternity, the brevity of life, and the general love for the lost, which we're called to in Christ. And mm. um, we went in five very different directions in our sermons. They're topical sermons, but uh, I think each one was incredibly valuable and actually well worth revisiting. I think there's something mm. we've been talking about this morning, actually, is how do we make sure that those biblical realities continue to shape us and are in front of us as a church so mm. that we, we never 
uh, drift away from the urgency of sharing Jesus with people who are perishing otherwise. So, yeah, yeah, it was. I, I really enjoyed that series. It was a challenging series, and it was a confront. The five kind of confronting mm. topics. Mm. Um, it was not going to be a series that was going to ever feel particularly comfortable, yeah. um, but incredibly necessary. I think. Yeah, yeah. I spoke to someone who said after the first week that they can't remember ever hearing a sermon so clear that there is a reality of hell. Mm. So they've always sort of grown up in churches where they kind of keep hell to the sides mm. and it's a little kind of soft message at Sunday school but never from the pulpit. Mm. Yeah, I think they really appreciated the the honesty of looking at that. Mm. Yeah. What do you guys think about the, the series? What did you glean from it? Yeah, I found it really confronting just preparing them and thinking through the topics and how to express them clearly. And, yeah, it's kind of ironic perhaps that people were sitting in their um, Ugg boots in their lounge room (laughs) feeling comfortable and then trying to be made uncomfortable Mm. as we talk through these eternal realities. But, yeah, I I think we, we had great discussion anyway in our home group about these questions because, yeah, it pushes in on things on your own heart. Um, You know, we've all got... Uh, family or neighbors mm. or friends that uh, are not saved and you know it, it brings out um, yeah our love and our concern for them and you know these are deep questions that people really wrestle with a lot and pray about so yeah we found it really uh, helpful and challenging mm. times a home group and I think it actually drew us together in sharing about um, yeah different ones that people are praying for in mm. their life mm. yeah so that was helpful mm. Yeah, yeah. Just I, I guess clarifying that well, what we are on about. Yeah. Um, as, especially as things were being removed, you weren't able to do this, you weren't able to do that. So, what is the highest priority? And mm. so, as things are being removed and you're being reminded, well, these are the things that you should be focused upon. Mm. In in one sense, it was really, really good timing. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. be just shaken out of that mm. complacency and yeah. and busyness to stop and reflect. Mm. Yeah. I think some comments from home groupers making the most of conversations you do have when mm. you go for your one hour of exercise a day yep. and you come across your neighbour, well, yeah. don't waste that opportunity. Yeah. And, and we always yeah. do. We always reflect afterwards, oh, if I'd only said yeah. such and such, whereas this was intentionally trying to think through, yeah, well, if you've had this conversation, what would where would you go with it? Yeah. And having those kind of paths that you can walk mm. uh, already in your mind before mm. you're going out and interacting with people, mm. it's a really good practice to be in. Yeah. And we switched the podcast slightly where we just had a short look at the sermon and then uh, looking, going through the chapters of the Book of the Tome, which we'll come on to in a moment, mm. uh, with looking at different aspects of evangelism. Um, and we got people in from the church to talk about their experiences, mm. which I, you know, personally doing the interviewing, I loved. Yeah. <laughs> I loved those and just hearing their stories. Yeah, very encouraging. Um, yeah. Now, so after that, we jumped back into a book and looked at the book of Second Timothy in our Untrusted series. Mm. And I've got to admit that as I was preparing for this and going, looking back over to make sure I didn't miss anything, I'd actually forgotten that we studied <laughs> Second Timothy. It was a small book. It just snuck it in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It actually wasn't originally our plan. Our no. plan was, with the second half of Term 3 was to do a series about church community. community. Yeah. But then we realized, just like evangelism, well, <laughs> our ability to actually um, apply this immediately mm. is limited. So we, we put a pin in that and changed plans to second timothy didn't yeah we? yeah which seemed appropriate so ken do you want to lead us walk us through 
Paul's yeah. letter from lockdown. Yeah, it's it's funny because we I think two Timothy is normally thought of as the the letter that you do at a pastors conference. Mm. This is for leadership training. This is for people that are in full time ministry. Yeah. Um. And and otherwise, you think of Paul as this crazy evangelist that's just so zealous, and and he's passing on his leadership tips to the next generation coming through. Mm. And I think what we saw as we actually looked in detail at the letter that he's writing to his son. Mm. Uh, this is somebody that he he loves. Uh, he has this really amazing close relationship with and this incredible passion for him to see the gospel really take root in Timothy's life. Mm. Um, and, and it's just a really beautiful picture. Paul's not this crazy evangelist. He's not this theologian who's writing Romans in, a, in an ivory tower. Mm. He's a person who's actively involved in ministry and wanting to share the tips with somebody else so mm. that they keep focus on the things that they need to keep focus on. Yeah. Aware of the traps that he's fallen into, aware of situations in Timothy's life that he's likely to fall into. Mm. And then uh, I think that the fear was we were kind of looking over Timothy's shoulder as he's mm. reading this letter and we're like, oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to be listening <laughs> in on that as Paul says that to yeah. him. But then realizing, well, Paul's done this intentionally mm. so that not just Timothy and the mm. generation that he interacts with directly, but all the generations that follow mm. are entrusted with that same gospel. Yeah. And they're not just entrusted with a message, the, the container, the thing that takes the message to the people that need to receive the message mm. is just as significant as the message. Mm. And so if we don't do the, the methodology right, yeah. which is loving people, which mm. is uh, investing our lives in others, it's, mm. it's uh, taking time with people, it's all of these mm. things, it's being really, really focused on what's important, allowing other things to slide. There's so many things that we thought through mm. about what it looks like to be entrusted with the gospel and pass it on. Mm. Yeah. And it's a pretty, as you're saying that, it was just making me think like so many, as we've gone like from all the books that we've looked at this year, there's not a different message being preached no. at each time. It's like very different books, mm -hmm. very different ways of writing. Yep. But it's it's all kind of pointing us in the same direction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, weird, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it was like the Bible was written by one author. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rod and Mark, what did you guys uh, think of the Entrusted series? Yeah, it's similarly, when we <clears throat> made the decision to, to um, not do the community series and uh, do something, a short book that would be beneficial for us, my I was hesitant. I thought, oh, this is, this is just for leaders. Like, what mm. most of our church are not going to be that interested in this. Yeah. And yeah, I think going into the depth that we did go for those six weeks in, in 2 Timothy made me appreciate just the the richness of the presentation of the gospel there mm. and a picture of what's important in church and um, the kind of character qualities that are obviously necessary for Christian leaders but for all Christians to aspire mm. to as well mm. those Christ likeness kind of attitudes um, yeah, yeah I, I thoroughly I, it's funny you you say uh, that Second Timothy was the one that uh, sort of slipped off your radar looking <laughs> back over the year it's it was the one at the top of my no, uh, memory yeah. it was yeah the one that I had the clearest uh, memories yeah. of, of getting stuck into hmm. Hmm. yeah and I think it's just because um, of all the things that have been said it, it spoke to us in, in new ways perhaps mm. because of the timing as well in COVID mm. yeah like yeah Paul was under pressure in jail but Timothy was under pressure with mm. church where mm. things were not going well, he was struggling with life. And I, I think there was a whole lot of strands in Timothy mm. that spoke into our moment. Mm. And it was really, 
yeah, again, great time in home groups, I think. I yeah. heard lots of great feedback around that. Mm. Yeah. And then from one church uh, going through some challenging times to another church going through some awfully <laughs> challenging times, or is it just awful times? We had our final book of the year, and it was a big year. We looked at 1 Corinthians chapters 1 to 7 in our Perfect Mess series. Now, this was a real eye-opener, this one. It produced you know, several of our longest podcasts. Um, I think there was even a PG warning yep. in there that kids may not want to be in for this one. <laughs> so, Rod, um, what are some of the, the big things that we learned <laughs> yeah. from, this, from well, the look, series? Clearly, we wanted to just gently move into Christmas <laughs> with something simple. And, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it felt like every week uh, we kept mm. looking at each other thinking, I'm glad I'm not having this passage to preach <laughs> on this week. And it was, <laughs> but there was one after another, and yeah. so we, it got shared around. Yeah. Um, but I, I think there's this big theme of unity that starts at the beginning mm. and sort of filtered through a lot that, you know, here's a church that's struggling with a whole bunch of things. Um, but ultimately, uh, they're struggling with each other, um, and as a result, they're going to malign the gospel because they're not um, pulling together, they're not treating each other in a way uh, that's restorative. And so, you know, there's a big focus on that. So it was about the gospel not only saving but drawing people together, granting spiritual blessings and, and the need there for God's people to focus on the cross, um, not on particular leaders, not to descend into factions, Um and, you know, to see them in the right mindset that these are just fellow servants like them. So it didn't matter whether it was Paul or Cephas or Apollos. So there was all of that bit. But then there's all the, um, I guess, worldly wisdom that the people in this church have been brought out of hmm. that was they were struggling with as well. Hmm. And so, you know, God's wisdom is not the wisdom of the world. And so I think there's a whole sense of... Um, you know, the gospel brings a completely different shape to a person's life. It is a radical mm. transformation, um, but that transformation can be messy, and that's yeah. what we're seeing in the church in Corinth. Yeah. People have come out of very pagan culture mm. trying to put the pieces together of what it looks like to now live with Jesus as Lord. So, yeah, I think all of those things um, meant that there was a lot of sin in the church. It needed to be confronted. Mm. There were issues around church discipline. Um, there was sexual immorality. There were issues around marriage and valuing singleness and what's the place of marriage. And mm. I think all of those things speak directly into our culture yeah. today. Yeah. It's strange, isn't it, 2,000 years later, but things are not so different. No. Uh, we live in a very pagan culture, mm. lots of worldly pressures in on the church and believers, and we're struggling with a lot of the same things. Mm. Um, perhaps in our setting, um, the whole sort of debating over different leaders doesn't seem quite in our face. And yet um, we're so linked in online these days. That's actually yeah. a big issue for believers in churches where, you know, mm. are they invested and connected to their local church or do they mm. uh, get their input from outside somewhere around the world? Yeah. Um, even that has its influence today. So, yeah, again, I think we just saw over and over this year and one Corinthians in particular, it's just so fresh mm. yeah. up to the moment for yeah. us. Mm. Yeah. Mark and Ken, you had a couple of big sermons towards the end. <laughs> yep, still recovering from that one. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to echo, Rod, that I think actually um, it was providential that we were returning to church and navigating, coming back to being in person together whilst we were right in the middle of this section on unity mm. in the church in 1 Corinthians. It, yeah. was, it was very helpful, I think, to think mm. about the importance of love and... 
other person centeredness mm. and the question of rights and freedoms mm. and conscience mm. and all those sort of issues were they were what we were preaching on for the you know those those weeks as we mm. were coming back and I think that was really helpful to make sure that we had the the vocabulary as well as the mm. kind of the biblical priorities in in place yeah. so that we can talk about how we're going to stick together as a church and get through this as a church and, and come back well and yeah yeah one Corinthians helped us it was real kindness from God I think. Mm. Yeah, and a, a real challenge to our society's uh, expectations and demands that anything goes, um, that things that are my private business you have no right to speak into. Mm. And Corinthians just confronts that reality head on. And it was really good for people to mm. respond to that and actually say, I'm really glad that we've had that conversation because I've read it before, but I haven't really understood what it was getting at. Mm. Now I can understand that it's not just random rules, that this yeah. is actually a living out of the gospel. Mm. And they weren't doing it well, mm. and that was then going to have an impact on the witness to the world. So, therefore, you've got to get this right, not because this is going to ensure your salvation, but because if you're not doing this right, well, no one's going to mm. actually believe the gospel. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and so, just really showing that uh, it does matter um, whether you are, are prioritizing one person over another. Mm. Uh, if you're prioritizing yourself and demanding your own rights, that's actually going to cause really big problems with the gospel going out. Mm. Yeah. So lots of things coming out of, particularly I think, First Corinthians, but I think it's been building off the back of the series throughout the year, which I think has mm. been kind of challenging us and driving us. So I don't know how you might answer this, and the answer might just be, yeah, a three-stroke, I don't know. <laughs> but how we don't just want to hear the Bible taught on a Sunday and just go, oh, that was a great sermon, and go home and click off. We want to be affected mm. by words God being, uh, God's Word being preached to us. Mm. So have you seen any kind of indications of you know, people being affected and changing in response to what we've looked at this year? I've seen a lot more openness in our home group of talking about uh, – our marriages mm-hmm. on the back of the one Corinthians. Yeah. Um, so we just had a um, a Christmas gathering last Friday night, and um, yeah, the openness was scary. <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was really good. I, I think we've gone to a new level, and this is a group that's been together for a few years. But mm. there's there seems to be a greater freedom suddenly. They just say, "Ah, oh, you know, we're struggling with this," or you know, sharing this story. We used to be like this. We found that hard, but we've come. Yeah, and so we're just hearing people come <coughs> out with things um, which were sort of kept in the background previously and I think that's been really healthy it's been done in a helpful way Mm. Um, so that's been really encouraging to see that because I've known some of these people for a number of years now but Mm. to hear them sharing their heart at that level is really encouraging yeah praise God yeah um, I think going right back to the Luke series, um, just this confrontation that King Jesus is a different king, speaking into our world and our situation where rights are so prioritised. Mm. I, de- I demand this. This is what I'm allowed to do. I can choose mm. this. The whole nature of people being involved in bubbles where they're only having things that reinforce their existing thinking. And and the gospel speaking into that and saying you don't have the right mm. to just pick how and pick how you live you don't have the right to remove that aspect from the kingship of jesus yeah. he's over everything uh, and and i think there was a, a good we hear so much from our society whether 
actively or passively that's confirming that you can just decide this this is up to you mm. and for the the consistent message to be coming throughout the year that no 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 you don't have the right to pick and choose how you respond mm. yeah. there's a gospel that says this is what you must do yeah. and that's going to look very very different to what society is saying is okay mm. um, and I think that people it, it's really good to have that really clear voice coming against the the subtle voices that are just constantly drip feeding into us mm. um, and it was really good for people to be saying yeah I've never I've never had that conversation about singleness mm. at church before mm. it's really good for us to be talking about I, I didn't realize that talking about sex could actually be related to grace mm. yeah. um, those yeah. kind of conversations I think were really really valuable mm. yeah. I think there was a recurring theme throughout um, many of the the sermon <laughs> series about um, the kinds of uh, ways that grace obliges us mm, to mm. Uh, behave and to relate to one another. And mm. I don't think we planned that. No. <laughs> I think it was just one of those providential things yeah. that uh, in God's kindness, some, some of those um, applications kept coming through throughout the year. And, mm. uh, you know, anecdotally, like it's, it's, it's to, to return to the question of how has God's word shaped people, you know, I think people have to answer that for themselves. But, mm. um, you know, anecdotally, like the conversations that we've had uh, as pastors and elders across the church over the course of the year, there's plenty of indication that people have heard that challenge and have mm. been <laughs> wrestling with what that then looks like in their life. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to sort of talk about these things in broad brushstrokes. A very yeah. big church, lots of people in lots of different stages. But mm. yeah, I think we can have confidence that God really did work through His Word this year to, to yeah. sharpen people and grow people and comfort people and all the things that He promises to do. Yeah, I think one thing in our home group, we I think we really appreciated that God has to be a work through His Spirit for us to not only grow, um, but to to keep going and to be saved in the first place and you know I was reflecting on that and thinking I've been a Christian for nearly 20 years my parents aren't saved I want them to be saved but I'd kind of become a bit blasé about praying for them and in our home group almost every week we're praying for you know my parents we're praying for mm -hmm. a couple of the other mothers mm -hmm. in the group and I think we all just realize that well if someone's going to be saved God needs to be working mm -hmm. in them and so I think this year has really kind of brought that brought that about mm -hmm. in various um, series through the year. So mm -hmm. that's been really, really good. Now, as well as the sermon series, we also embarked on a book of the term. And we started off in our GRIP series and also in the Perfect Mess series. So, Mark, you were the driver behind the two books that we chose. Can you mm -hmm. share with us why you wanted to have a book of the term and why those books? And is this something you want to continue? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's something I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, the idea being that uh, by choosing a book that kind of complements what we're preaching on uh, in this um, sermon series, we're able to, to press into some territory that the sermons can't really press into, and it can help generate conversations amongst people to think about uh, applying the, the things we've been preaching on into their particular circumstances. Um, so we did Honest Evangelism by Rico Tice in Term 3, and then Perfect Sinners by Matt Fuller in Term 4. 
And uh, there was a large uptake behind those books. Mm. I'm thankful that many people have bought them and read them or are reading them. And I think it's been beneficial for people. It's certainly something I'm planning on doing each term or at least several of the terms, the majority Mm. of the terms next year. So we'll be looking to uh, promote, find a book that that complements our sermon series and Mm. encourage people to to digest it as well. Um, I think that reading good Christian books is something that all Christians should do, really. Uh, You know, it doesn't take a... Um, a great amount of time or a great amount of kind of intellectual capacity uh, to digest one of these kind of books. They're they're short, Mm. they're simple, they're easily Mm. written, and they're incredibly helpful. Spurgeon has this quote that he says, um, he who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has no brains of his own. (laughs) And uh, I think that using, uh, reading good Christian books is a Mm. way to use the thoughts of other men's brains to Mm. our benefit. Um, There's some Mm. just fantastically helpful things uh, written by excellent Christian authors that will help us grow as yeah. Christians and uh, help us to bring more honour and glory to Christ. So, yeah, we're going to keep pressing it and certainly yeah. want to encourage people if they're listening um, to, and, and, and even if they think, oh, I'm not much of a reader, well, maybe give it a go. Give mm. it a, invest, uh, you know, a few hours over the course of a term to read one of these short books yeah. that we're going to promote and see what benefit it is to you. I, I think it would be incredibly beneficial for everyone who reads. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. I agree. Now, at the start of 2021, I remember seeing a meme that came out. It had a picture of a huge wave that was about to crash on the beach. And the label on the wave was 2020. And then in the background, you can see a far bigger wave coming, <laughs> about to crash on top of that cra- cra- uh, that wave. And it had the label 2021 <laughs> on there. Uh, so that turned out to be pretty much about right mm. in terms of the way the year has gone. How do you think, as a church, we've navigated 2021 as a church? And you know, what were some of the sorrows, some of the struggles, and some of the joys this year? Rod, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I think overall we can be so thankful to God for the way um, things have um, panned out, even with all the difficulties of these last two years. I think uh, God's been really good to WBC. We've had the majority of people by far come back to church um, in this last six weeks or so, once we're back mm-hmm. again after this second lockdown, um, we've seen people still growing, participating well in home groups if they were already part of them, um, watching online when we were stuck online. So, yeah, there's certainly been difficulties in all of that. I, I know this has been a real challenge to some people's faith, their mm-hmm. sense of connection with the mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's been sorrows with with thinking about individuals you know there a number of people have passed away this year we had Dorothy Gamble early in the year um, Faye Ashford Sonia's mum Tim Horsley Barry's son Um, you know there's been real struggles for people there's been cancer diagnosis for people there's been mental health issues Um, but then there's been great joys in the midst of it we've had a whole series of babies born Mm. again Mm. praise God and we've seen new life in terms of new Christians as well. People have come to faith this year. Mm. Um, God has been at work um, even in all the messiness yeah. of um, 2021. So, yeah, look, looking back on it, I'm really grateful. I think God has done amazing things in the life of our church, and I think we're still at a good place. Mm. Um, uh, we're sharing... Mm. I was sharing in particular at our our final church meeting at the end of November, just all the things we could be thankful for Mm. this year. And it was a long list. And and that was just the ones that had come to me as I read back over my diary. So, you know, I think we can – it's good to sit back and to reflect Mm. on on God's faithfulness. Yeah. Mm. I think that's a good Mm. summary of the year. Yeah. 
Yeah, nothing to add. No, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm praying that there's not going to be a bigger wave yet to come that we haven't seen, labelled 2022. But what are your hopes and dreams for 2022? What's on the cards? Mm. And what may be the, some of the things you'd love to see happen, uh, but maybe you're not quite bold enough to sort of release those cards from your chest uh, mm. just in case COVID might rear its ugly head yeah. again. From our lips to God's ears, that's yeah. what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well uh, speaking for myself, one of the things that I'm uh, going to be giving my hand to uh, next year is starting up um, what we're going to call an onboard course, which is a, a course designed to help people who are new to WBC to quickly find out what we're about how we uh, live and uh, gather and commit to one another as people mm. and inviting people to join and choose to be a part of the community of WBC. So mm. an, an attempt to really help people get integrated into the life of WBC quickly. That's going to be a new mm. ministry starting up. The plan is to be running that all the way throughout the year at different points. Mm. And uh, I'm really excited about that. I think it's yeah. something that could be a huge benefit to um, to our church to have people kind of essentially be on the same page when they begin mm. life at WBC. That's the, the intention behind it. So, um, yeah, watch this space. We're going to start yeah. advertising that uh, at the start of term one and mm -hmm. give some more details for people, um, yeah, soon. Mm. Excellent. Um, having having just been to a church wedding, uh, it's really interesting <laughs> that as people are, are, are making that commitment to one another, everything's rosy and all of the things that are challenges that are seen as we can overcome this together. Um, and, and I think there is a parallel to the Christian life that as you come into a church at the start, you can overlook all the things that are a bit <laughs> annoying and a bit frustrating. <laughs> but the longer that people are there, the more those things actually become the issues for people. Mm. And I think that as we're coming back to meeting in person, uh, there's this kind of feeling of, oh, I'm not really sure if I'm ready to commit back again. Mm. I'm not sure if I've got the time. I don't know if I've got the energy. Um, and so I think one of my dreams for 2022 is seeing people uh, rise to the challenge of in the midst of uncertainty, I'm going to commit anyway. Yeah. Uh, and mm. I think the book of Ecclesiastes certainly gives you that picture that even though everything's meaningless, <laughs> get involved anyway and go give your whole heart to it because in that, that's what God's given you as a gift. Yeah. Um, and so there's a, there's a gift in this situation. It's not a silver lining to the dark cloud. It actually is the reality mm. that God wants us to take our hands off these things that we think that we can control and actually say, no, no, you guys don't have control over that. But what, what are you supposed mm. to do in that? Are you supposed to just sit passively? Mm. Should you mm. wait until everything's safe again? No, no, no. Get involved. Love people. Mm. Uh, commit. Invest. Mm. Uh, do things that you, would, you wouldn't you would normally do knowing that, well, I don't know what's going to come out of this. Mm. Do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, and so I'd love to see people with that mm. kind of resolve to say, I'm going to commit to these things, even though I don't know how it's going to turn out. Mm. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> and and the church plant, as has already been mentioned, is ahead, mm. you know, and hopefully in 12 months' time. Um, so we've got, um, you know, the excitement of moving forward with that, of mm. trying to form a team in 2022 that will be part of that, um, gather some people that already live down uh, the south and want to be part of uh, a new community in that way. That is such a big undertaking, uh, undertaking such an exciting thing. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of uh, work in that. And it may seem, uh, as I was mentioning in our church meeting in August, mm. that oh, on the back of two years of pandemic, you know, is this really yeah. something we can do? You know, I haven't got 
um, energy for this. Uh, that's a big undertaking. Um, but I think, you know, God is always at work and it's in the least likely circumstances yeah. often that he's moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to um, be ready um, to act mm-hmm. and to step out in faith. And, um, you know, the biggest growth in um, churches being planted and in our Baptist Association in New South Wales was on the back of the pandemic 100 years ago and mm. then, um, you know, the Great Depression that followed and World yeah. War One. like of all the periods for that to happen. Yeah. And yet um, new life springs out of that. There's, mm. there's opportunities, there's people to be reached. And we're in a growing part of the world in the Illawarra, new houses, new people coming in. You know, Sydney Siders discovering us that yes. you know we want, we want to be the hidden gem. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so you know, I, I'm really excited about that. I think the possibilities um, are massive. So mm. we've just got to take hold of that. I think as a, a church of believers. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rod, Mark, and Ken uh, for your time. Not just today, but this year uh, with the podcast, with the sermons, all the preparation you do, and the the meetings with people. So thank you all. Well, very let me much. let me officially say thank you to you, Clayton, for mm. uh, being doing such a great job at the helm of the Deeper Podcast this year. Mm. You've, mm. you've uh, blessed our church so richly with this. So thank you, brother, for all your work in preparation and mm. production as well as the production team behind the scenes. Yeah, a great yeah. job. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure and a joy. As I'm sure it is for DJ Mike behind the sound desk. (laughs) And thank you as well for all the listeners uh, listening every week for your encouraging words, uh, for your questions that come through. Now, usually at this point, I try to summarize some of the application from the previous Sunday's sermon. But instead, Rod, could you please finish our podcast for 2021 with a Bible verse to take us from 2021 into 2022. Sure. Well, it's been a a weary year. We're doing our series of Weary World Rejoices and we're looking forward to 2022, but there's anxiety about that for a lot of people and we acknowledge that. And so I think Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, which is a favourite verse of our family, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. I I think that is... um, a great verse for us to take into the new year because it's all about trusting God and His plans, not thinking we've got to control things because we can't trust it, entrust ourselves to our sovereign God and He'll lead us. Amen. This has been a podcast of the Wollongong Baptist Church. You can listen to past sermons and deeper podcasts and also find information about our Sunday services on our website at wollongongbaptist.org. 